This episode of the YVR Screen Scene Podcast is sponsored by the Union of British Columbia Performers. UBCP is an autonomous branch of the Alliance of Canadian Cinema, Television, and Radio Artists. For more about UBCP Actra, visit ubcp.com. That's ubcp.com. This episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit www.patreon.com slash Podcast. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast, where we pull back the curtain and expose the beating heart of the Vancouver film and television industry, namely the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work. Capital T, capital W. I am your host, Sabrina Ferminger, and today I am delighted to be joined by not one, not two, but three other human beings. Enid Ray Adams, Ellie Harvey, Liz Bowen. These humans are renowned in our industry for their grasp on what is funny. And I can't think of another time in our recent history when their special skills have been so desperately required. Because there's nothing funny about coronavirus and the toll it's taking on our sense of normal and our families and our routines and our neighbors. There's nothing funny about staying home all day, every day. There's nothing funny about being immunocompromised and unable to go out. There's nothing funny about homeschooling or the Prime Minister's daily messages from in front of his official residence or weird ISO dreams. Except that there is, there is a place for humor in all of this. There is something funny about my trying to teach long division to my fourth grader when I don't remember it myself. There's something funny about Trudeau's weirdly hot beard. There's something funny about the sexy, vivid dreams I've been having about the Twitter avatars of people I've never met. Today, I want to talk about the funny in the unfunny the role that humor can play in these fucked up times. And yes, Enid Ray, Ellie, and Liz, please feel free to swear to illustrate your points. Ah, Enid Ray Adams, Ellie Harvey, Liz Bowen, welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I will say uh, there is something funny about the prime minister saying moistly. That's funny. And then commenting on the fact that he said moistly. I think that made me feel like, yeah, this is so fucked up. All of this is fucked up. He just said moistly. And then he was like, oh, that's a terrible image. I wish well, he, he had should, actually gone yeah, he, on long. No. I wish. No. Exactly. He should have. Oh, no. Ellie, he should have just. He, you could have just left it at us thinking, uh, moistly. But then he had to like back up and go, you know, drive over the body again and say, uh, yes, like, please drive over the body. Take the body. And now this is a terrible image. Let's stop with the body image. Uh, no, I thought that was hysterical. You know what else is killing me right now in the best way possible? All of these ridiculous gifts and memes that are out there. Little tiny puppies playing tricks on their owners. Uh, a woman was uh, in her kitchen with a fancy little cup and she squirted in some ready whip whipped cream and just listening to it made her dog 
uh, slide across the floor from wherever he was with this big shit-eating grin on his face. Like, I laugh at things now that I probably uh, wouldn't have found as funny before, but I'm on the floor laughing so hard that people actually come downstairs to see if I'm okay. Like, are you okay? What's going on here? And I'm like, <laughs> Those people would be your husband and, and your kids. Yeah. So are you saying then that, like, because our universes have shrunk that you are able to access the funny easier like and yeah, honestly you know what before we go there I'm gonna ask the question of all of you that has become so loaded during this time how are you doing how are you how are you Liz how are you oh Ellie how are you Enid Ray uh I'm okay I'm okay. I'm sure like everyone, it's uh, things are good and then things are not good and probably having about 17 different emotions a day. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Ellie? How you doing? Uh, I am cut out for social isolation. (laughs) 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 I I have adapted remarkably well to it. Um, I'm nicer to my neighbors because I don't have to invite them in. Um, I love walking my dog because there's no chance of any human kind of going to the bank, everything. Like, I love not talking to people. Wow. So, so it's kind of, um, not, like, I mean, general people. My, not my friends. I like talking to my friends. And, but the thing is, I never see my friends. And honestly, in this, it took a pandemic for me to have a Zoom party with people I haven't talked to in years. <laughs> I've had two of those with two different groups of gals. And I'm like, you know what? It took a pandemic for me to be social. It's crazy. The yeah. social, but yeah. without leaving your home. Yeah. 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 Okay. Really, really convenient. <laughs> I, think, um, I think, I don't know. I'm surprisingly okay in all of this. And then there are times, uh, well, there are times when um, initially I would feel quite anxious. Like, I mean, I just got back from grocery shopping. Oh, God. Uh, previously, that would have made me feel quite anxious, but I have a good system now. Um, but I, I kind of truck along thinking, yeah, I'm doing pretty well. And then last weekend during the House of Commons speeches, when they convened in that emergency session to pass the bill, uh, the wage subsidy bill, um, uh, Eli- they all spoke, the leaders, the Prime Minister, Andrew Scheer, Jagmeet Singh and Elizabeth May, they uh, they all spoke as well as other leaders and um you know, then there was a debate. They all did a wonderful job. When Elizabeth May spoke, to my surprise, I started sobbing hmm. because she talked about um, the teamwork that all of these MPs and then ministers um, uh, all of, across party lines over the last few weeks, they would get together and schedule this daily call. Uh, where information was shared and where they could press like a button and then ask ask their question based on uh, concerns brought from people in their own writings. And the way she described it, I encourage anyone to go watch this thing and not to be political, but it was just the discussion of teamwork, supporting one another. And I realized uh, when I was reacting with such a strong emotional response to that talk she gave that I'm like, this is how I want it to be in our government all the time. Yeah. Like, I understand that you need to, that, that it's it, getting elected is a political endeavor. 
it's not a, a teamwork endeavor. But when everybody was in there putting aside all of their egos and their nonsense and working to benefit us, yeah. I just, I was so moved by that. I really, I really appreciated it. And so stuff like that takes me by surprise, like just how surprising it is for me to start sobbing from out of nowhere. And then I watch a dog sliding across the freaking <laughs> kitchen table, trying to get his lips around some ready whip. And then I am howling like it's the funniest thing on the planet so i think what i'm saying is i'm a fucking basket case (laughs) (laughs) i love the fact that our our political system is working better now that they are having zoom parties maybe that's all jagmeet and andrew and elizabeth and justin really needed to to do was just connect over zoom listen i want to talk about um about humor during this well I said you can swear this fucked up time you know you are you are funny people you're funny human beings what role do you think that humor can play is there a role for humor right now because you know I I was having a very I've been feeling very big emotions recently and uh I I there was one day I cried so hard that like one of my eyes was swollen shut the next day and then my cat was licking her ass and then fell off the couch and I laughed so hard that I pulled something in my back and I was so grateful. I was so grateful. And I'm like, you know, like I feel like all my emotions are just so big right now, you know, and I was grateful to, you know, to cry and also to pull that muscle in my back when Vanessa licked her ass, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so can you tell me, Ali, let's start with you. Like what role do you think that humor and funny can play during this well, kind of time? Well, you know, it's, it's always been uh, just a part of my life, even before it became my job. Um, in uh, some of the hardest times, I remember when my mom, well, she had Alzheimer's. There was a time when she was just in between, she'd slip in and out. And she'd name all the kids, David, Barbara, John, Joan, Ellie. And I went, Charlie? She was like, Charlie? I was, you forgot Charlie? She's like, I forgot Charlie. And I went, just kidding. There's oh! <laughs> and she laughed and laughed and laughed. Because that's the family I came from. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I love you. I can't believe you did it. And um, so it's always been a part of my life. Oh, my God. I'm going to cry. See, I'm going to cry. I'm going to hurt my back again. Sorry. Oh, so, Charlie. So I find uh, I find maybe that's why I enjoy my company so much. I find <laughs> I find laughter in everything. But you know what's my like? I'm so angry about um, what's going on in the states, and mm. I sometimes I go, why yeah. am I so obsessed with that? But I really am, and and it's I think it's because he's the leader of the free world, and we are perched right above you, and everything that goes on there bleeds over the border. Look at I'm sorry, Enid Ray just showed us she had she was just handed a charcuterie plate wow wow way to flex on the rest of us i want a charcuterie plate damn it nothing there oh but where was i yeah talking about the orange talking about the the orange menace so every morning i walk my dog and i listen to seth meyers um, Mm -hmm. a closer look and he, he's just so spot on right now. And mm-hmm. I think there's something about comedians being in their homes, that mm-hmm. there's just a little looser and they're a little more themselves. Um, I'm watching Colbert and uh, Trevor Noah. And um, Jimmy Fallon's not quite my speed. Th- those other three are. Um, but, uh, but Jimmy Fallon, uh, he's, he's a little more wholesome, isn't he? And we're salty bitches. 
Like that's yeah, kind of how. Yeah, I yeah. Am. No, he's more family. He's like he yeah. had the kids like to watch it. We love. Uh, I mean, good for him. I mean, yeah. God bless him. I'm an atheist, but well, I'm not an atheist. I'm like Fox Mulder. I want to believe, but uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm with you on. Like, I like a little salt, a little. <clears throat> but but Seth. So Seth Myers makes my day, and I'm walking through the forest, you know, six feet from people, just laughing loudly <laughs> with my AirPods mm-hmm. in and hair over my ears, so they have no idea. <laughs> um, but it's uh, <laughs> like a woman. and they give you more than six feet on either side stay away yes (laughs) what about about you Liz you mentioned I mean Enid Ray is dealing with her charcuterie plate right now we'll give her a minute I I mean Liz you mentioned you are we allowed to say you you live with an essential worker me yeah yes you do I do I do. He works for, um, well, maybe I shouldn't say, because if I, if I end up sounding like yeah, a don't. total idiot. Don't you, don't but but somebody who is venturing for, forth every day, you know, because they provide yes. an essential service, you know. So, like, f- what about for you? Like, what, what, is, what role is humor and funny playing in, in all of this, especially with that added layer on top that you have somebody who is an essential worker who you yeah. love? Sorry? Who you love. I love. I was trying to say in the 1970s kind of hot way. Like, love. (laughs) Honestly, I've been having the weirdest dreams. I even had a dream about Trudeau. (gasps) I can't believe I said that out loud. Oh, cats out of the bag. I know. And I am orange. Like, I bleed. I bleed orange. But I am digging, oh, my God, support for the arts and support for small businesses in that beard i mean come on you're gonna get your money you're gonna get your money right now no, I feel like we're just um, taking over to Pornhub.com. This uh, podcast went uh, sideways, and I don't mind it in the least. <laughs> eating your charcuterie while your dog is there, too. Can you hear me chewing this, by the way? Absolutely, and we're enjoying it for our ASMR listeners. Please, our listeners. Liz, continue before I totally take this sideways. Oh, no, no, no. It's fine. Um, It, it is. I Well, I worry about him. Um, he's, he's very smart, obviously, cause he chose me, um, but <laughs> he's, but no, he, he's, he can handle himself well. I'm not worried about him per se. I'm worried about some of the idiots that he's having to deal with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm really glad I didn't say where he worked, but, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yes, and I don't, well, no, I don't mean co-worker so much as like, when he's out in the world and has to deal yeah. with people. So uh, that that's my concern. And, you know, of course, we're very, very careful here. And when he, you know, when he gets home, he, he takes everything off and puts it in the dirty clothes and jumps in the shower right away. And, you know, but as careful as we are, we don't have a household that is like actually self-isolating right now. So that's always in the back of both of our heads, I think. Yeah. So do you right. feel free to laugh then? You know, if living in that kind of heightened state? And if so, like what role yes. does laughter and funny play? Like, Because I've been thinking a lot about 9-11. And mm-hmm. I remember like, you know, because I was the editor of the, of the student paper at my university. We were in a university town on the border. Lots of American students. It was very heightened. And I remember the first time I actually laughed. We went mm-hmm. to see 
Like, a friend invited me to see Zoolander. I'm like, I don't want to see, I don't want to go on a movie. And then, and I, la- like, it unlocked. Even now, Blue Steel just unlocks something in me, you know? And I was, it felt so, so good and so foreign, you know? And I was, been thinking about, like, how do I integrate that into my daily life right now for myself, for my daughter, for my husband who's immunocompromised, you know? Like, we're all tripping mm-hmm. over each other. I am not a fourth grade teacher, mm-hmm. you know? It's, you know, it, like, it's a lot, like, there's a lot of this, and I'm just full of worry for for our industry, for everything, you know? So I've been thinking about where, where does laughter and the funny what role can that play you know in everything especially in these moments where I feel also like today I just want to scream I I have a scream it's sitting right here I want it to come out you know lots of big emotions mm-hmm. um, you need to get in the park listen to Seth Meyers yeah mm-hmm. cover your ear cover your airpods and just scream I just so don't want to just have you done that Ellie what scream? Yeah. Well, I yeah. Well, but I do it in every day. Like uh, teaching my son, like it's put on your socks. Put on your socks. Like, yeah. I'm I'm not a person who kind of holds back, you know, what I'm thinking or feeling in any manner. And I have two witnesses who can attest to that. <laughs> um, but uh, but but yeah. I mean, sometimes you just need to, and sometimes you need to sink into a really sad movie and just ball your face off. Yeah. And that feels good too. And, and then you need something just completely stupid like Zoolander or, you know, oh, uh, so good. or we, I tried watching airplane and it just, it doesn't do it anymore. It, I mean, it just looks so old that it's like, ah, I thought this looked way newer, but yeah. I was 12 <laughs> <laughs> you know, when it was new. Yeah. Uh, so, so we're watching, we're doing, um, uh, parks and rec and all the office again. Mm. Which is great. Like the, there, you see my mug. I got. I'm drinking my alcohol out of my world's That's best boss, boss mug. Very nice. <clears throat> which I bought oh. for myself for Christmas, because um, <laughs> no one deserves it more. It. We balance it with like we watch Band of Brothers, and, mm. and then we went straight from that to the office. So it's the the what we do for a living has come into remarkable focus for how important it is. For everyone, not just the laughter, that's one part of it, but the, the profound stories, the true stories. Yeah. Like one of the things that struck me in Band of Brothers is there was a scene when the 101st uh, Infantry Battalion was sent on a mission and they didn't have enough ammunition. Mm. And, uh, the, you know, they're trying to get it from the guys coming out of the line. Do you have any ammo? And and now there were the, the, the world is in a war and they're unprepared. So yeah. we don't have the beds, you don't have the troops, you don't have the ventilators. Everyone's kind of scrambling to be ready for, for when the next wave hits or the next big thing hits. Yeah. So, so little moments of truth are great too. And but everything seems to come into focus to what's happening now, and how we're taking care of each other. And um, and then the laughs are light, but boy, it is a heavy time. There's there's heavy stuff underneath it all. And um, but the base of the heaviness is love, I think. It's mm. like we, we love each other. Uh, you know, I don't know any old people because, well, they're all mine are gone. Yeah. Um, and I simultaneously I'm like happy I don't have to worry about them and sad I don't have to worry about them. Mm. But I know other people <clears throat> do. And I yeah. know there's, you know, I have friends who are in cancer treatments now. There's so, just the, 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 the list is long of the people who are immunocompromised, right? And this is for them and it's for the nurses and it's for the, the essential workers. And we love them. So at the end of the day, it's all good. At the end of the day, this is all 
kindness and goodness and the laughs let us feel good about it but it is a heavy time right yeah and you know the thing about laughter is it 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 resonates differently humor resonates differently with different people and it's going to show up in a way that others might find appalling but i mean i'm thinking back uh and liz you will remember this uh to 20 years ago this june when my mom died the day of her funeral we went and saw a stand-up show uh, because my boyfriend at the time was a comic and I was so out of my mind. My brother and sister and I were just out of our minds and we just needed to laugh. Yeah. So I went there and I sat there and my body reeked from the grief, like literally the, the adrenaline was just working overtime and the BO, I remember the BO, it was crazy coming out of me. And but, you know, I, I, I really feel like I lost control of my body in a lot of different ways. And the only thing I could think to do was laugh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, I had, that served me in, this, in similar ways in other tough times in my life. And this is a tough time for a lot of people. Yes. And I think that's why, uh, you know, I know there's that saying laughter is the best medicine. Uh, obviously, it's not the best medicine, but it is an equalizer. I mean, you know, we might all laugh at different things. But, man, when we need a good belly laugh... Yeah. It has the same effect, yeah. no matter who you are. I mean, I wish I had a video of Vanessa falling off the couch while licking her butt. <laughs> I think everybody <laughs> would laugh at that. There was humor. Liz, you were going to say something. Oh, I was just going to say uh, that um, I don't know about all of you, but I feel like there's probably been at least a couple of hours a day where I'm losing my sense of humor. Mm. Um, and whenever that happens, I have to remind myself that that's maybe the worst thing that I can do. Hmm. Right. In terms of, uh, you know, you guys were talking about it being heavy and it being love, Ellie, I think you mentioned. And I also think it's grief. I think we're, we're all grieving every day and, and, you know, grieving sort of for what was and grieving for what might not be down the road and and you know our lives are changed forever so how's my sense of humor going our lives are changed forever (laughs) but um (laughs) so it's just yeah uh i was talking to another funny friend of mine nancy robertson Mm -hmm. and we Mm -hmm. were both talking about how we've had moments where we just feel like we've lost our sense of humor temporarily and that probably makes me feel uh, worse than anything. Yeah. But don't yeah. you feel like all you have to do really is look in the mirror? <laughs> That's because I just like, I'll just look in the mirror. What does that oh, mean, Ellie? I, oh, mean, no. I mean, oh my God. Like I am just I such a slump right now. Like I just, I have, you know, honestly, I go, really, you should shave your legs. And I go, yeah, it's not going to happen. So I find, I find the humor and kind of like the laziness yeah. that meets the like, oh, should I? And the effort and the not and the like, oh, okay, I guess this is who I really am. There is like, I, there is an inherent comedy in all of this. Like, you know, the whole fish out of water thing. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I am not a fourth grade teacher. And I have this very precocious, independent, willful, brilliant little monster who lives here, who (laughs) needs to be fed with constant stimulation. And I, 
I f- like I'm like there's got to be like the f- like there's there is a comedy there's a comedy in me being a homeschool teacher yeah. you know like it's it's and we are I f- I take comfort in the fact that we are all going through this and we all get to kind of go on social media and go Bleh, with our emotions okay here's some funny oh damn it's every now and then Wow. Way to raise the expectations, Ellie. This better be funny. Well, I know every nobody's working. Nobody's working. Yeah. You know who's working overtime? Moms. That's who's working overtime. Three meals a day and snacks and teaching. And I don't even get overtime, let alone paid. So it's just like, you know, oh my God. So everyone is not working, but oh yeah. I'm working. I get so, up at four in the morning to plan yeah. my shape of the day for my fourth grade class of one. And like, oh, no. I, I just like, oh, I mean, I'm very impressed that their husband, that your husband made you a charcuterie platter, Enid Ray, because yeah, I don't yeah, think my husband would give me a cup of coffee no, at no. this point. Well, listen, <laughs> right, like a lot of people was laid off temporarily so he's home we have two kids and a dog and uh i i still volunteer uh and and need to be doing some work throughout the time that i'm here i need to be uh you know or i I can't i can't do uh all of this that ellie described on my own one year ago just over a year ago we got a puppy Mm -hmm. and that was an eye-opening experience because I, I live with three very helpful, lovely gents, okay? My husband and two, two boys. But it was clear then that the, um, the amount of work around the house and just running our lives largely fell to me. And then when you try and raise a puppy um, and you're not sleeping, uh, back then we had some serious conversations about the division of labor around this place. And so things shifted. Because I also work outside the home. Yeah. And so now this is kind of like uh, an extension of that. So we have two kids. Well, I can do the, the schedule, but Bryce will take one boy for schoolwork. I'll take the other boy for schoolwork. And then we just had to do a reasonable schedule in our own household. Like, yeah. we're not going to do school all day long. Otherwise, I'll punch myself in the face. Okay. I, I have done gonna that. Do in the morning. Like, honestly, I, I have the utmost respect for our educators, oh, for our teachers. They go to university. They devote their lives to learning how to do this correctly and properly okay. and to the benefit of our kids. I went to fucking college, okay? I did some movement classes, uh, yeah. you know? I did some math work. Okay. I, can I just say, uh, teachers and nurses right now, can I also just say these are the people who have to fight tooth and nail every okay. time their contracts come up. Yeah. Um, how about the essential workers at the freaking Safeway and all the essential workers yeah. who make minimum wage? Are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, I, I'm hoping we come out of this with a real alignment as to what an essential worker is and is a guy who uh, does your finances more important and worth more than, you know, the nurse well, who's cool. going to this save your life. Here's, you know? <laughs> this, this is the crux of every problem, in my opinion, in the world. It is how we value a human being and how we assign value to a human being. We have done it based on their genders, 
socioeconomic background, color of their skin, religion, sexual orientation. And when you go back to the job that a person works in, I mean, we work in film and television. That whole thing is a big junior high school. It's a big hierarchy. And if you make it onto the call sheet, you are assigned a greater value than if you didn't make it onto the call sheet. You uh, have more value based on the department that you work in. How many lines do you have? What trailer are you in? There are endless examples of the ways we mistakenly assign people value when in fact our value, like our worth, it's inherent. And what I genuinely hope we come out of this with is a greater respect for humans, regardless of what they do for a living, and dogs. And dogs. Well, I think we do value dogs, but we don't value dogs <laughs> as much as we value sorry, dogs. Sorry, this is a cat household, and oh, I sorry. just live in Cats fear of my cats. You don't have much value for me anymore. I'm just looking at my Liz, cat you have right a dog? Uh, no, but I look at uh, multiple videos of dogs every day. Uh, so you so respect like dogs. Do. You respect their abilities dogs. as comedians. See? I, I see you with the golden yes. retriever. I see you with Ooh. the golden retriever. Oh, you know what's funny is my friend told me if I were a dog, I'd be a golden retriever. That's and what I'm, I'm like, saying. But aren't golden retrievers, like I love them so much, but aren't golden retrievers known to be a little dumb because I can't decide whether I should be offended or not? Oh, well, they're not the smartest dog, but you don't know that <laughs> when you meet them. Oh, <laughs> they're so nice. They are, they are the nicest and funnest and uh, they're just beautiful. They've got like this beautiful, like, I love everyone kind of thing yeah. about them. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Sidebar. Do you know what's funny is Liz Bowen on Resident Alien. I haven't oh. seen that show yet, but I know it's going to be hilarious because she's in it. And also I love me some Alan Tudyk. But uh, I think that um, <laughs> if you want to talk about laughter, for my money, this cat here, although she doesn't have a cat, Liz Bowen. Oh, oh my God. It's a funny mofo. Like, yeah. seriously, I, I, I hope, when is that, when does your series start airing, Liz? Which one? Oh, <laughs> flexing. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's got to go <laughs> Resident on. Alien. Uh, Resident Alien uh, was supposed to premiere in the summer. Um, uh, I'm, I am not sure what our air. You need to see it. No, but let me finish. Thanks. Um, uh, <laughs> We uh, we uh, didn't finish, so we had to shut down. Oh shoot! Uh, How far did you guys get? Uh, we have about two and a half, three weeks left. Oh, so okay. Yeah. So I'm not sure exactly when it's going to premiere, but um, thank you, Enid Ray, uh, for for asking about it. Because when it does premiere, I'll I'll let you know. But it would be great if. If we had been able to finish, you know, in yeah. in different under different circumstances, but maybe they'll package it differently. Like, could you like a, a mid-season finale? Yeah, you know, and then yeah. come back. Because I mean, we, we are stalled. Uh, we haven't stopped. There will be an after to all of this, right? Right? Yeah. No, seriously, I'm yeah. asking. Right? No, there will. Hundred percent. But we I, just don't. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Liz. Oh, that's. I was just gonna say. I, I, I know nothing. This is based on, you know, just this is supposition. But I would think that it will be extremely challenging to find a way to have sets run in a safe, safe manner until there's a vaccine. Yeah. And I, I hope people take the vaccine. I'm seeing a lot of 
I mean, I don't know if I'm throwing a hand grenade into this whole podcast, but I'm seeing a lot of conspiracy 5G stuff. Like, listen, I get it. 5G stuff. Like, those towers are not healthy. I get it. There there is some danger there worthy of discussion. No no question there. But when you start, like, I'm seeing a lot of people out there uh, uh, behaving as if Trump is the second coming of uh, the the see, you know, I just yeah, cannot see, but Trump, believe Trump what gave voice to ignorance. He yeah. gave voice to ignorance, and now it's just like opinion is fact, yeah. and that's and with social media, it just spreads. And and at the end of the day, you just have to vet everything. Like you have to. And, and I hate to say it. I mean, that everyone goes, oh, the mainstream media. Well, not everyone, but those people. And, you know, they are responsible. They have editorial boards. They can yeah. be sued if they give create improper information. Like yeah. there's, there's, they have a long history of, uh, of, uh, of how they operate. So it's just, you know, as opposed to some, you know, website that's just since 2016 and claims to know everything about everything. So I, I'm hoping in the new, in the fall, God, I'm hoping he's not elected, but I think he really has kind of ridden this wave of ignorance mm-hmm. that I hope crashes just yeah. in the fall. And um, But I think you're right, Liz. I think you're right about the restrictions. I mean, here's the tricky, it's, here's the tricky thing with the, our industry. We have to have Americans in the shows because all the shows are American. That's right. So we have to do the quarantine when they come back. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to maintain six-foot uh, distance. Uh, we have to have face masks and gloves. Mm-hmm. Um, I I can see if they if they allow two hundred gatherings of two hundred and fifty, um, you can get a set together. And you're just going to have to be creative. Producers are going to have to be creative. We need content, um, yes. and I think <clears throat> and so I think that what they do is maybe have uh, people departments go in in waves before the cast comes in and yeah. have you know different. Because we can't wear masks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, they'll there will be some kind of they'll figure something out, just like they have at the you know at the grocery store they put up the plexiglass. They'll figure something out. My yeah. concern for the crews is that their days are not extended to an even more absurd level. Like cr- our crews um, and regular cast work hours that are absurd on a regular basis and um so i hope whatever happens in moving forward before we get access to a vaccine is that it's not it doesn't become even more punishing for the crews than it already is yeah and i i'm not sure if everyone read i think there there's been various articles but one of them that i read the other day was on deadline yeah and it was sort of how you know, what us going back during this pandemic might look like on a set. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'll include a link to that in the footnotes for this episode. episode. It was very revealing. It's like almost every single aspect of production is going to need to change how they do things. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, just everything from, uh, you know, one suggestion was that the entire, I think it was sort of the entire cast and crew would all quarantine kind of in the same hotel and just either go to the hotel or set. Now I may be misremembering. So if I am, I'm sorry, but there was various suggestions about how you might go about it or taking everyone's temperature or getting, uh, taking those antibody tests or those tests that are going to be shipped out soon. Hmm. The where you can get the results really quickly. Yeah. I think, yeah. You know, but there's so many things to think about. It's crazy. 
I was not thinking about this stuff two months ago. I was thinking about all the shows I was looking forward to watching. I, I was I was like, okay, I got to register my kid for spring break camps, and then I'm going to register her for summer camps. Oh, yeah. like, this is just like such a... My kids are not going to no. any camps. Well, there's summer. no more. They're not there's... taking swimming lessons. Yeah. I mean, we're still waiting to hear, um, as we all know, the end of the hockey season was canceled. I... As of right now, the Little League season has been delayed, but I know that these extreme measures are in place until the end of April. I don't know how we ease into May with any kind of team sport where that could be healthy. Like, I just don't see that. Well, funny you say that because my son's a hockey player and I have have nine spring (laughs) hockey teams that were supposed to start April 1st. Oh, and, uh, so I had I had gear for like uh, what's nine times seventeen? That's a lot. Right? Wow. So, Ellie, I don't know. I'm an actor. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, so they uh, here's my thought. It goes back to uh, the how, like groups of fifty, groups of two fifty. If we go back to that, uh, but it'll be a different picture. It'll be for our kids because we've got some serious hockey players that are going to be playing. Like the, this is a very important year for them. It's yeah. Supposed to be body contact likely won't be um they'll do so we figure once we can do it we'll do six foot distance they can do drills where they are all separate mm-hmm. they can do skating and circles separately they, there's stuff they can work on uh, so they can improve their skills but they can't necessarily engage in a game god that's exhausting i'm just yeah. trying to get off my sofa like my my favorite sport is sitting and now i have these two kids who are like you know oh, we, we got to do more than sit mom like i've got to mm-hmm. get fuck out of here and I can't watch you sit all day so I mean just even talking about drills listening to you describe it you're gonna have to have some more of this wiener yeah there you go yeah I am I'm very envious of that charcuterie plate and that wiener and the cheese and you know it's it's a very weird state to be in I mean that we're describing all of these things that we don't know you know, there is there is this big unknown in front of us in the future. And I don't know about you, but my mental health is really taking a, a toll right now. You know, a lot of anxiety, a lot of panic, a lot of issues that I've had before. You know, like what what kind of words of wisdom do you as people who observe human behavior, you know, have for for those of us like myself who are just kind of staring into the unknown of the future, being like, what the fuck is going to happen? And how do I go and teach long division to my fourth grader when I don't know what's going to happen, you know, tomorrow and a week from now and three months from now? And am I breaking her with my horrible teaching? (laughs) Sorry, this is turning into therapy, but I'm really bad at math. Everything's The word of wisdom that I would offer is give yourself a massive break. This is all... This is not all of us are just at home, so we better make good use of the time. Uh, I, you, I think you've seen this on social media over and over again. This is a pandemic. This is a collective trauma yeah. that we are all experiencing to some degree or another, where what we have known as our normal is shaken. Our foundation is shaken. There is a genuine fear that people could die, that you could die. There's a lot of pressure. And so the first thing I would say is give yourself a break. And and also there are there is a lot to be said for fuck the schedule. 
Hmm. If you're not a fourth grade teacher, don't be one. Say to your child, hey, honey, this is not something I'm really skilled at. So we're going to figure this out together. This is a wonderful opportunity uh, for those of us with people who depend on us at home to develop a sense, to help strengthen our collective sense of empathy. Mm. You know, for the little ones who are looking to us for guidance, I think the greatest thing we can do is just say, I'm not entirely sure how to do this, but I'm going to do my best. And if we have to watch, you know, Paw Patrol or Phineas and Ferb or whatever for a few hours. Teen today, Titans that's Go. A, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. that's the day we're having. I like that one. I like yeah, that it's one. good. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. You know, my, my brother-in-law said something interesting. Uh, he said, uh, he said, we're figuring this out as a species. Like mm-hmm. this is, this is a species thing. Yeah. That we've come across this and we're all, we're all in the same wavelength, everyone in the world, how we're going to get through this. And um, and I was watching this uh, show about a kid watching an ant and the ant he's watching the ant. And then there was a block in front of the ant, a long stream of ants carrying leaves. And the block was right in front of them. And then you could see them all going, what the hell am I going to, and then they found their way around it. That's what we're doing right mm-hmm. now. We're, we're mm-hmm. trying to find our way around this. Every single one of us as a whole. So what you're feeling, the, the weird tingles are normal, intuitive. This feels weird, but also what's normal is knowing the right thing to do. And the vast majority of majority of us know this is the right thing to do, yeah. and you just do it. To get through it, when you say you feel anxious, my mom gave me this advice. I, okay. I couldn't sleep at night. I couldn't sleep at night. And she'd go, go downstairs and sort the bucket of screws. <laughs> it was like, what? Because mm-hmm. we had this bucket mm-hmm. of all mixed up screws. She'd go, don't tell me you're bored or you can't. Get downstairs and do something. So so it'd be like, okay. So anytime I'm feeling anxious, I I I work. I sort. I go. I, I do have the- a bag of cables. I have a giant bag filled with cables. Uh, Taxes always cheer you up. Yes, they did. I feel good. I don't need to do this anymore. I did my taxes taxes early. (laughs) Nope. Um, I I went for a jog today. And actually, that's pretty comical, watching me jog. uh, Because I only go slightly faster than I do when I'm walking. And so uh, (laughs) it is, I I run, I have my... uh, my So you just move your arms, really. Yeah, I just move my arms. You're power walking. (laughs) Yeah. and my shoes are like nine years old. I'm probably gonna oh, you're already 80. It's yeah. awesome. <laughs> it's amazing. You know, honestly, I run for seven songs, and afterwards I feel different. And I'm a person yeah. who needs to be working out to manage my anxiety and my mental health. Um, and so largely I've gone for a jog once a week. It's not nearly enough. I could be doing it more. And I think anyone who responds well to um, physical exercise, just remember they're, you know, uh, just go jogging and, and think of me while you do it. And uh, you'll be way, you'll probably peer pin. I, I, I will lap you several times. You will. That's what I'll yeah. do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, something, oh, that's right. Pretty. Go ahead. No, go ahead, oh, okay. Liz. Who's yeah. not? Uh, now I realize, that, you know, I don't have a, uh, any kids. I realize that you guys all have um, children. But so this, this might sound uh, like, um, a comment from a person who doesn't have kids. But one thing I have been doing with my anxiety is when I'm feeling it, well, first of all, this thing is bigger than anything I've ever been anxious about. And I'm sure mm. probably yeah. that would be the same with a lot of us because it's not only worrying about your 
yourself and the people you love and it's worrying about the whole world and what's going to happen. Yeah. But I will say that something I've been doing whenever I get really, really anxious and I'm thinking, Oh God. And I feel like I might be starting to have a panic attack, which <sighs> is an attractive image. Um, is I reach out to someone else and see how they're doing. Does that sound weird? Mm-hmm. No. no. no yeah. Yeah. So you will reach out, you'll send a text or you'll call or be like somebody else to find, to check in with them. Yeah. I I might've been spoiled uh, or oddly prepared for this because I think I'm older than you guys. I think I'm a good, at least 10 years older, but I remember growing up and honestly, most of my childhood being deathly afraid of a nuclear bomb. Oh, God. Like, I, I was sure, I was sure the world would end because of a nuclear bomb. And, um, and so when the Berlin Wall fell, like, that mm-hmm. was a profoundly, like, what? In yeah. the same way that gay marriage being, it's like, what? Yeah. I remember yeah, guys yeah, getting yeah. the shit kicked out of them. Yeah, so yeah. for me, it's just Terrible. like, it, it, it's, this, this is finite. Like, yeah. we know it's, we know what kind of virus it is. It's not like HIV. It's like, they actually can make a, they're making a vaccine. A vaccine. Yeah. So yeah. this is going to come to an end. We're not getting, this is not, we're, we're one or two. It's what the assholes will do in the midst of this that yes. can fuck it yes. all up, which is yeah. why I hate Trump so much. Yeah, that, that part's really frustrating. You know what else? This is very simple. Um, I'm a person who forgets to breathe. <laughs> and there's this fantastic <laughs> website, um, www.com.com. Oh, that's a good one. I yeah. love so, It's expensive though. Well, no, I'm looking at this freebie right now. So I did you, the freebie, and then I I didn't check. I didn't. I got. I I didn't end up going through with it. And then they sent me an email being like, "Are you sure you don't want to continue with your seven day free trial? We'll give you twenty five percent off." Yeah, and I'm I like, think "You're talking about buying into it, but I'm actually looking so at a particular you. link." That is com.com slash breathe, and just that link. Okay. There is this blue ball that goes smaller for long breath out, expands for deep breath in. It's hypnotic in yeah. a way, but it, it every time I see it, I'm like, holy shit, I forgot to breathe. And whenever I follow the flow of that breath. Of the um, calming blue ball. Of the calming blue ball. It's the only time blue balls are a good thing. That's right. <laughs> yes, yes, and you're yes. like, and I always find that after I watch the calming blue ball, I end up sending money to yeah. an account of a stranger, and I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> we you know, will include I'm, a link to the calming blue ball in the footnotes for this episode. I was listening to some podcast. I think it was the Daily, and they were talking to someone who uh, was an actor who had been on a ventilator and, and, oh. and not many of the people make it off a ventilator, yeah. right? I mean, you're intubated. Oh. It's pretty serious. And, and he said that there were moments cause you're under when you're on that, but he had moments of awareness and he said, he just did what he did as an actor. And that was focus on breath because the very mm-hmm. first acting class you ever take, they tell you to lie on the floor and breathe Yeah, yep. it's in through your nose, out through your mouth. <sighs> And then he said, he said, that's what got him through it. Cause there's a panic that sets in. There's yeah. just like, so it was just like, go back to the breath in and out and just stay in the present moment of the breath. And uh, yeah, yeah, crazy. Eh? Yeah. I mean, beyond the study of arts practice and the importance of art practice. I mean, there is, I mean, a lot of people who don't work in the arts are even saying right now, there is an 
importance that is glaringly obvious to a lot of people about the work that you do as artists. People are in their homes and they are watching TV. They're watching movies. They are reading. They are consuming all the content that's that's created. What do you think? What are you? I mean, as artists, as if confirming what you already know or, you know, are you learning about your practice, you know, during this time and the way that we are using the arts? Uh, it's funny. I feel a little on the other side of my creative curve. Hmm. You know, I feel like I, I feel like I've already peaked creatively. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, maybe not. But 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 I feel I don't feel the same urge and energy to create that I used to. Um, but I appreciate, uh, the creation that I see going on around me. And, um, and I, and I think that, uh, I think it's amazing that this, the $2,000, uh, a month that artists are getting because it's showing me that that's kind of almost all they need. And I've worked for a long time in my career when that's all I made. And that was fine. Like that, that made me happy and anything more was gravy. In fairness, now, uh, given where we live and the expensive market that we live in, $2,000 is an excellent contribution to what we need to get by. But when we were younger, that would have been everything we needed. And yes. now it's an excellent contribution. Um, I think I, like you, Ellie, I'm not feeling creative. Like, I, I don't know if it's age or fatigue. Like, I've just got a It's when things. the estrogen leaves your body. <laughs> well, I, I don't feel creative in the future. What I feel is, uh, like as you said, a deep appreciation for all that is available to us, whether we uh, are in the industry or not. Because whether we're in the industry or not, we do need art. We do Absolutely. need to receive it and yep. experience it. And um, I, you know, we just, Modern Family just had its uh, finale, series finale after 11 years. So Amazing. I thought, I want to go back and watch the pilot before I watch the finale. Oh, good call. So I did, and my kids watched it. And I realized, like, we watch Blackish every week. That's our family series. It's wonderful. And, uh, you know, there's this wonderful series, like Modern Family. I forgot how hilarious it is. And my kids were cracking up. And it's something that where we gather and we can watch it. And so these are examples of famous shows. But one thing I do want to say is uh, something I appreciate very much is that help federally in Canada has been extended to a lot of people, mm. whether you know their name or not. Let's face it. Most people in our circles are working actors. No one knows who we are. Uh, but you can't make shows without us. We're there to contribute. We're there to fill things out. And uh, we have value just as much as someone who's maybe one or two on the call sheet. We have families to raise bills. Liz today. Bowen. Yeah. Punk. What? Oh, you're better than us, Liz. You better <laughs> so good. You with your series and everything. Oh, Miss Bowen, I'm a golden retriever. <laughs> oh, okay. everyone loves me. They pet me everywhere I go. Distance now, but just oh my you. god. Oh, that would be so nice to be petted right now. I know, hey. Yeah. yeah. Where's your, where's your honey? Get him in here and He's decontaminating, right? Yes. Yeah. He's like full on like contagion uh, getting out of the hazmat suit. Oh my gosh. I, I I feel like we could we could do this all day. And I would love to do this all day, every day during the pandemic. 
but we will not. We will save the continuation of this discussion for another day. Ellie Harvey, Enid Ray Adams, Liz Bowen, where can people find you, follow you on the social media? Uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You won't like me on Twitter. I love you on Twitter. (laughs) It's where I get all my Trump news because I do not. I don't watch CNN. I don't watch MSNBC. I mean, that's something I had to do. for. I watch you. you. That's how I find out that things are going on. Yeah. So you are at, what is your? Oh, Ellie Harvey. E-L-L-I-E-H-A-R-V-I-E. Oh, oh, okay. And Liz, where can Uh, I find you? Where can can you find me? Um, Can you tell that the two uh, vodka sodas have kicked in because I'm going into this voice now? Also, I'm in my bedroom and I'm thinking about Justin Trudeau's beard again. Um, I I have to make my Instagram public, but it's really long. It's Elizabeth Bowen sometimes. (laughs) But not all the Uh, time. Okay. What? Okay. And then on Twitter, I'm at Miss Liz Bowen. Okay. Miss Liz Bowen, that's right. I like that. What about you, Enid Ray Adams? Um, Well, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, although my name has a hyphen in it, both my handles there are just Enid Ray Adams. E-N-I-D-R-A-Y-E-A-D-A-M-S. And you can uh, watch me and some hilarious people, including Liz Bowen, on a web series called Hospital Show, which is pinned on both of those profiles. Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I know I just want to give a shout out to Adam G. Reed, who's working his took us off uh, trying to get this thing on TV. And I, I hope he's able to because it is a hysterical, funny show. And if anybody out there just feels like they want to laugh, uh, go check out Hospital Show. Oh, yeah. On YouTube. Oh, God. CBC. Um, well, I won't give away we'll all my ancient Ukrainian yeah, secrets, but, uh, but should, should it's working hard to get this thing, Good. Uh, on TV, and it should Good. be because it's an awesome show. And I can say that uh, because I'll be the first to say when something I'm in sucks, the big one. Yeah. <laughs> yes, she. I mean, she never told me anything like that. But I, I will say that a hospital show is fucking funny. And um, Liz, I mean, Enid Ray. I mean, I saw you do some things on that show. <laughs> Damn, girl. And then Liz, you know, you're, um, you stole your episode for sure. You really oh, no. did. Um, I, I'm a huge fan. It's the perfect show for this moment in time. Uh, and all the episodes are out there right now. And I will include a link to, to all the episodes in the footnotes for this episode. Man, the footnotes for this episode are going oh. to be long. Thank you all <laughs> for joining me today. And also, uh, thank you to our listeners. I have many new episodes of the YVR Screen Scene Podcast in the can. I will continue to release new content twice a week. This in addition to the 80 episodes we've already released in the last year. We've got you covered. And we'll also continue recording new episodes over Skype indefinitely. God, I miss my studio. Keep in touch on social media at YVR Screen Scene and by email at Sabrina at YVRScreenScene.com You are not alone. We are going to get through this. Thanks for listening. 
Hiring professional performers makes all the difference to the success of any recorded media project. Did you know that the Union of BC Performers, ACTRA, provides agreements for all budgets and types of productions, including commercials, TV series and movies, feature films, from big budget to Canadian indies and student films, animation series, video games, web series, and even streaming video on demand, like Netflix? For instance, our highly successful UBCP ACTRA Ultra Low Budget Agreement encourages and facilitates artistic collaboration between professional performers and independent producers who wish to produce very low budget or even no budget productions. No matter what your budget, we've got you covered and you too can benefit from UBCP ACTRA's award-winning world-class performers. So, if you need actors, voiceover artists, stunt coordinators, stunt performers, singers, dancers, puppeteers, stand-ins, background performers, ranging across any age or demographic, then just contact us at UBCP ACTRA. Make your project the very best that it can be. This message was read by a UBCP ACTRA member. Go to ubcp.com for more information.